What's your favorite scary movie? I really like that thing you're doing with your voice, Randy. It's really sexy. Wait, you think I'm sexy? Guys, that was really cute and all, but um, the bit's tired, and the answer is obviously Escape Room 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, creeps, and welcome to our year-end episode for season three, where we will be talking about the greatest horror franchise ever made the Scream franchise. As always, I am Alex. And I am Anya, and we are joined today by a returning honorary girl who cried be horror, um, and a returning guest to our, um, even though the year isn't over, the podcast season is over, so a returning guest to the end of the season special, Roberto Guevara. You bitches can't keep me away. (laughs) (laughs) literally knocking down our door to get back on this podcast Mm, no that's dead ass no yeah that's the narrative we're gonna sell (laughs) (laughs) that's the narrative you're giving people that's the narrative i'm happy to keep alive you're you're so giving um but anyway every character in uh scream six uh we're keeping it alive all right so um, to give everybody the layout of this this mini sewed special, whatever the fuck, before we get into it. One, this is a spoiler-heavy episode. So if you came thinking we were going to talk about the Scream franchise and not do spoilers, you're dumb. Because we are. Um, and beyond that, because everyone and their mother with a horror podcast has obviously talked about Scream. And obviously while the three of us have the best and correct opinions. So we could we could just go movie by movie and all that. And, you know, we'd have the best episode. That aside, you know, we wanted to switch it up a little bit, do something different while still talking about the Scream franchise. So in honor of there being six movies currently, and also to, you know, in theory, we're doing this episode also because there is a seventh movie greenlit. So to honor that, I guess, coming down the line, we are going to do six questions, which we will all answer that pertain to the series as a whole. So our answers can come from any one of the movies. Um, they might overlap. They may not. Um, a lot to discuss here. Um, but yeah, so that's how the the show is going to run. If you listen to our normal episodes, it will essentially be like a Q and slay with six questions, but that's like the whole format of the episode. Um, I don't think Scream yeah, 7 has been greenlit. Much... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Has it not? I think Girls, it's if you think we're not getting a Scream 7. <laughs> well, yeah, no. We bizarre. No, we're getting it. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it got greenlit. I feel like I saw an article that said it got greenlit before like 6, even like the like the opening night of 6. But you never know. So much fake news. Literally. So much fake news. So many motherfuckers out here on Twitter creating fake headlines. Mm, and I eat them up every time. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um... All right, well, why don't yes. we, I mean, nothing needs to be said, but obviously just, you know, for our audience as well. We are all, if it's not already obvious, huge Scream fans. We've been Scream fans for a very long time. None of this is new to us. And as I've already <laughs> stated, if you're going to come to a place with trusted opinions, you've come to the right mm-hmm. place. If somebody says something different from us here, know that they're wrong and you should pray for them. Um, but yeah. It was a really so, dark time post scream six like to be on the internet and to have so many people giving their opinions where they have no business giving opinions it was very um yeah i felt unsafe i felt really unsafe Mm. 
um, in this world. I felt unsafe as a horror fan. Like there was a lot of TikTokers I thought I could trust. Um, yeah, that was your first takes. mistake, girl. <laughs> Literally, there was, there was this one girl and, you know, I thought we were on the same page, um, mostly because she also is a low-key Riley stan, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, mm-hmm. And as someone who holds that belief and, like, is often um, the only person in the room, I just felt like, okay, she sees me. You know, we understand each other um, on a different level. And to see, first off, the first warning, she hates the Scream 4 opening. I, I couldn't even <laughs> I couldn't hear that. And then, and then to hear her Scream 6 opinions, I was like... It just, it set me down a dark rabbit hole of like, then looking at other people's opinions, because I was like, mm. where am I? So Is I'm just her favorite thankful. of the series? Um, It's like probably fucking up there. You know, The amount of people that have Scream 6 in their top three, yes. scary to me. Yes. I'm not even a hater. Look, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I am. Uh, Alex is ready to get into it. All that's <laughs> yeah. to say is that, look, I obviously love horror movies I think more than the average person but like you too obviously take horror to another level and and to be invited to come and talk about such a holy franchise like Scream um, means a lot to me and means a lot to me that again we share the same opinions like not to say again that we're 100% on everything but we can all understand the variations and um I mean it's yeah I mean it's what I said to you before Bruno if I see a bitch whose who's ranking doesn't start with one, four, <laughs> cut off. Like, Literally. You don't even give a fuck what the rest of the rating is. Now, if you have one, four, and then maybe you're wish-washing on, like, you know, you flip-flop two or three, mm-hmm. completely fine, completely understandable. I see if it's one, four, six, once again, n- cut off. I gave you a little bit of leeway, you're cut off again. So, anyways. we, we can and, oh, yeah, That's the more sane people. That's the more sane people. The bitches out here with five we, six, we'll come back around to this one, if we have time four. at the end if we give our, if we give our rankings um but anyway why i had to pour myself a glass of wine because um, i knew i was gonna get irate during this podcast. <laughs> i was like I, I just know well you don't have to fight anybody here girl we're just fighting outside forces um okay well question number one of the scream special extravaganza i don't know what the fuck we'll end up naming this when it's posted but that's what we'll work with it right now um which this is a two-parter question essentially which opening kill or we can just say i guess once again because spoiler in five there is technically no opening kill um which opening scene whatever that usually ends in a kill is your favorite from the franchise and what last act act three ending Ghostface reveal is your favorite from the franchise do you want me to answer both in one sitting yes okay Um, for the first, I mean, it's like everything begins and circles back to Casey Becker, you know, like, I think that, and I I figured that was going to be the answer that, that most people would have and you two would give. So I prepped a second answer. Um, but I mean, what, what is there to say about that opening that hasn't been said, you know, like from, from the iconic Drew Barrymore look from the iconic fact that Drew Barrymore dies. Like everything about it, the dial, like it's just, it's a perfect scene. Um, It's a perfect launching pad for the franchise. Um, 
And I think that has to be like the stand. It's it's one of those things similarly to like, I don't even know where I was going with that actually. I think it's one of the, it's, it's the stand. <laughs> like you can't get around the Casey Becker opening. That said, mm-hmm. I really fuck with um obviously the Scream 4 opening. I think that like in the same way, the, and this is why Scream 4 as a movie is perfect because it takes something as iconic and legendary as the first opening scene and like absolutely finds a way to like deliver something that you could not expect. Um, So being in that theater and getting the triple opening and especially because they were, the casting really worked for someone like me because I was the person who was watching Pretty Little Liars and 90210 and True Blood and Veronica Mars. So like to see all of these iconic um, TV actresses (laughs) come together, even my girl Britt Robertson, you know, like I think that's iconic. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So that is so, so short answer, Casey Becker um, as my favorite opening. As for the best Ghostface reveal. I mean, the one and only Miss Emma Roberts. Mm. And and yeah. I could talk so much about this. Um, recently, upon watching it, I I, I I like wish I could remember my exact experience in theaters. I think it was just like shock and awe. I think with the first one, had I not, I think I knew before I saw it who the killers were. So like that element was taken from me um and no other killer has like even come close but emma roberts as the killer in scream 4 is lightning in a bottle to me like especially if you knew emma roberts prior to because now of course she's like playing the bitch in every single thing that she can get her hands on which she does very well so like go off sis uh but i think prior to this it was like unfabulous like she had been an aquamarine. Like, I don't think she had been in a whole lot that, like, the public knew her as. And upon a recent rewatch, look, Emma Roberts is not, like, a classic thespian, you know? Like, some might argue her acting ability. And I remember upon, like, watching the the fourth one recently with a friend showing a friend of mine, it was an incredible experience to be, like, so this, the entire movie, you kind of question if she's just a bad actor. <laughs> like, you're like, is she good? Like, I can't fully tell. Like, there are some scenes that feel off and you just attribute it to like, oh, that's like kind of like, that's just like Emma Roberts' brand of acting. And then it dawned on me while I was watching it. I'm like, oh, no, this is not a mistake. Like, it was so purposeful because it was the character of Jill trying to come off as like sweet and innocent. So to watch, to know that the majority of audiences are like, oh, she is a bad actor, but in fact, she's doing the best acting job there is. I don't know. It really fucking rocked me. I talked for So I guess in, in the end, she is a thespian. Literally, actually, I can eat my own fucking words because Emma Roberts is one of the greatest actors. <laughs> of her generation it's her you know All kiki right. palmer and joey king 
not knowing <laughs> how to praise their names. Yeah. Um, when the fuck do we get Joey King in a goddamn Scream movie? Oh oh, we'll have to come back around to it. We can't get into it now. Don't even start. <laughs> Anyways, Alex, what is yes. your answer to this two-parter? Okay. Well, I also agree that the first opening scene is just kind of the best scene in the entire series. You kind of can't touch it. And hmm. there have been so many times where I've watched it over the years where like every single time I'm like, wow, this is so fucking good. And I am like surprised by how much I love it, even though I know it's like my favorite thing ever. And the image of Drew Barrymore hanging from that tree haunted me because I watched this movie when I was like eight years old. Like it was my fucking favorite movie. And it just was so scary to me, but so effective. So that's obviously going to be all of our answers. But if I had to pick one that was not the original, I would go with Scream 2 because Scream 2 is not of the original four Wes Craven directed films is my least favorite. Not to say I don't also love it, but I think that the opening sequence is one of my favorite sequences in Scream 2 because it's the first time that we like really go super meta with like the stab movies and you get that whole Heather Graham sequence and genius. I just think that Jada Pinkett like fucking kills it in that scene too. And it's very fun and it's suspenseful and you get that big scream of hers at the end before the title card comes in. Very effective sets it up exactly how I want. So unfortunately I I don't, the scream, like the scream to opening to me is always replaced by Oh, a scary, scary movie. movie sequence. Yeah. Like every time I see that, I'm, I just have to think of like you're caught on candy camera. Like yes, like yeah. it's so, so funny. Yeah, it is. I don't really know what material the stall was made of that, a, like a, a knife could go Literally. through that cleanly into his mouth. But you know what? Omar Epps sells it, and I'm gonna yeah, buy it bad. every day. <laughs> or like he's gonna come <laughs> into the stall. Okay, so just while we're talking about the. Because you mentioned the first one, uh, just to circle mm-hmm. back, I feel like my controversial opinion. I think it's written perfectly. I think it's directed really well, and I think Drew Barrymore is iconic. Mm-hmm. But I always watch it, and there is always a part of me that's like, not a thousand percent sold on Drew Barrymore's performance. And I think it's the thing of like we're crying, but there are no tears coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm always, and I know it was like shot across multiple days, and that like plays into it. You know, like start and stopping and all of it all but there's just something about it that I'm like are you there girl (laughs) well to pause you on that because I'm not gonna hear any Drew Barrymore slander at this moment (laughs) she is a gift of sunlight and joy um and to circle back to that once again because yes that is as we've already stated about 20 fucking times in the first 20 minutes of this episode is perfect um it's a perfect opening it it's why the first movie one of the many reasons the first movie can never be touched it is a perfect fucking movie um but yeah just speak specifically on my experience i mean things were already brought up about like how iconic it is and blah blah, blah. and like alex you had made mention obviously of like her hanging in the tree like with by, like her fucking innards like i feel like we don't mm-hmm. talk about it enough just in general is like the scream fan community because like i know that like in the in five and especially with six and they're like it's the most brutal blah 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 which like oh, sure whatever but like we, I think, ghost past how brutal that fucking, like, image is of her hanging mm-hmm. in her front yard for her parents to see, like, by her. Like, it's, if you really are, like, and obviously when you see it and you're, like, I know it's not really Drew Barrymore. It's, like, a Drew Barrymore dummy being hung up. But the but, way like, they you know, zoom and it's, like, shitty and the way it goes towards her is just, like, so it's, haunting. It's disturbed. Yeah. Um, But I think specifically mm-hmm. for me. And it's something I just say about Scream in general, where and it's why one of the reasons why Scream as a movie 
is so meaningful to me and I'm sure to all of us um, is that like, it genuinely is scary beyond like being like iconic and so funny and blah, 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 blah. Like I remember watching Scream in high school. And obviously at that point, like that's the age that like everyone in the movie is and growing up my childhood home where our kitchen was, um, it was like these two doors leading outside in the kitchen and it was glass. So, it, you know, kind of like in Casey Becker's living room where it's like the two glass doors leading to mm-hmm. outside. And I remember being home, like watching Scream and it was like, oh, the sun was setting kind of like when Sydney goes home and she's about to take her nap type shit. And I remember being like, yeah, like someone from my high school could just like fucking do this. Like someone could just like go crazy and like, and like, I think that realism to it like always like disturbed me and the fact that like then it cuts mm-hmm. to like the classic Casey Becker like she's home alone at night like I think to a certain degree like most of us experience that like when especially when you get older in high school like your parents are gonna go out or they're gonna like or at least you're gonna be home after school and your parents before they get home from work type shit which like most of them did not scare me but then like this kind of incited something in me where I'm like I live in a very safe town but like at the end of the day like someone could snap and then come kill me and you know like I might be a one and done but like and I think that's always a huge thing that disturbed me about that opening and why it, it's still so effective to me even having seen it so many times that I can like quote it front to back is just like mm-hmm. this girl home alone and there's the obviously added element of like well where she lives she's kind of on the outskirts of town there's like a fucking dirt road her parents have to drive on to get home and I think that too at the end of her kill when she like is stabbed conveniently in the throat and her parents are feet from her and she's like calling out like like mommy mommy and like she no words are coming out like oh so fucking disturbed and scary and i fucking love it the the phone in her hand as she's dragged being dragged yes it's so so good well i i also remember being like 13 and by that point i had been traumatized by the Final Destination 3 tanning bed scene, which I will bring up every single time I'm on this podcast. Mm. Um, and I remember I, I I watched it in parts on YouTube and it was very terrifying to me, which confused me because I was like, well, I've seen like the most mm-hmm. grotesque thing ever. Two bitches, you know, bur- burning alive um, yeah. in an enclosed space that I was very like confused as to why this disturbed me so much. But it, again, it's like you said, like it's a movie that really touches on like a very uh, relatable fear. And mm-hmm. uh, growing up with deaf parents, I was also very aware that like I, someone could be murdering me in my room and my parents would not hear. So that was mm-hmm. also a very scary element. Um, yeah. And her mom, like I think her mom, whoever that actress is, delivers one of the best screams of the franchise like mm-hmm. oh god yeah she fucking cleaned house with that scream like um mm-hmm. and i think this I, I think this conversation also in some ways kind of reflects this tendency i think amongst the scream community where it's like we all know that scream one is iconic and perfect and like we're all gonna say the same thing about the opening and almost like that leading to it being disregarded. Like, and I think that's why some people really have taken to Scream 5 and 6. It's just that they're new. Like this idea that like, yeah, like Scream 1 is perfect, whatever. But like, this is something new. And again, like, I think you mentioned it once when we were talking about it, Anya, the the fact that they got to see it in theaters and experience it. And the, the reveal was not spoiled for that. You know, all these things where it's like, just because it's obvious doesn't mean it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like it's this idea to like be different or whatever, yeah. where it's like, mm-hmm. 
I, we can all agree that Scream 1 is the best one and like you don't have to be over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As for my favorite reveal, um, I do agree with Roberto about four being probably the most shocking of them all because I was very blessed. And I think the fact that I was so young when I watched the first three and then I got to see four in theaters and then obviously I've seen five and six in theaters that I've never had anything spoiled for me. So like every time I've seen it for the first time, I got that fucking like big shocking reveal and Jill pulling that shit off. Never saw that coming. It was so fucking good. But you know, nobody beats Stu and Billy, I guess. Um, So, you know, whatever i like billy but he's not Stu, and Stu doesn't get the fucking credit that he deserves and billy gets it so but you know it's classic it's iconic he's the red herring the whole movie but then he actually is the killer and he has that psycho line it's great it's perfect anya yeah yes your turn <laughs> lord have fucking mercy it's a fucking hot mess express we're not even through question one um <laughs> Reveal. Um, yeah, I mean, my reveal is Jesus Christ. My reveal is the same as Roberto's, which is four, which I mean, both of you now have touched upon four. So there, there's not much else I need to say about the Jill reveal. I mean, Emma Roberts came through her fucking body through a glass coffee table and left no fucking crumbs. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, for me, the be- arguably the best sequence of what the entire series low key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, listen, I'm not here to argue with you about it. Um, <laughs> Definitely but, in four, at the very least. Well, I I think, and I, when whenever I did my last rewatch of four, I, yeah, I just had this moment where it's like, I always love this. I know it was great or whatever, but I was like, the people that shit on four, which obviously I think we all know at this point, when four came out, it wasn't received as the way it is now, I think. I think people were not quite, like, ready for it. And I think to a certain degree it was because, like, they had the original West trilogy, which West mm-hmm. obviously did four, but, like, it was, like, and that was supposed to be closed and done. Which, I mean, thank fucking God they made four. Um, but it is the only Ghostface reveal that I think is completely and i say this with my whole fucking chest completely on par with the original yeah like because it's like obviously once again it's very yes i was just gonna say i don't think that like two is very surprising but i do think the reveal of who debbie salt actually is is like Mm -hmm. a close second because like oh, it's the reporter, Debbie Salt. And it's like, okay, who's that? But then it's like Mrs. Loomis. And then that is where the fucking effect comes in. So like, it, it's it's one, four, two for me. Yeah. And but I again, think, that's with well, explanation like, as opposed to just like mask true. rips off. You're like, yeah. shit. Because when you see her, you're like, okay. And you have to have it. <laughs> yeah. You have to have Sydney be like, Mrs. Loomis, you were fat. What happened? <laughs> that's what Um, she basically says but so i mean that's the whole thing because obviously in the original once again can can never be touched perfect we don't need to go into it we all know it's fucking billion stew and as alex said like yeah like we love stew to the day he fucking rises Mm. again anyways um and then two yeah like mickey i'm sorry i love you timothy oliphant with all my fucking soul Mm -hmm. but like the mickey reveal doesn't do anything for me i'm like okay and then, yeah, as you said, like, it has to be explained to you the Billy Loomis's mom thing for you to be like, oh, okay, I'm listening now. And then three with Roman. Listen, there's love in our hearts for three. 
So I'm not going to even shit on three. But like, sure. The Roman reveal is like silly and stupid and retconny or whatever. And like, it doesn't matter. And then, but that's the thing with four. Because they reveal the Culkin first to be the ghost face because he goes after Kirby or whatever. And so you're like, okay. Whatever fucking Culkin that one was. Also how I refer to him because I'm now I'm always like, which one? Um... Anyways, uh, sorry, Colkin expert over here is really fucking <laughs> peeved it's about that. Come on. <laughs> um, but so sure, like that's great. But obviously, the whole time it's and I can't remember at this point if he killed the gay one or not. But essentially, yes. it's like either at that point, yes, he had. Okay, so it's just like you <laughs> not know what even where gay. It's like, no, I just said he was gay. So um, but then yeah, it's like it, it's so. And what these movies now are not, unfortunately, five and six are not really doing well in my opinion is that like it's this revealing like i have no fucking clue at all who it could be and when the mask comes off it's not this like where the the feeling is not what i feel like i keep getting in these new ones where i'm like oh yeah okay um i was like what (laughs) like yeah like completely not prepared for it and then obviously it goes on where she like she turns the tables because they're doing a billy stew thing and then she fucking kills him essentially then bringing back the mrs loomis fucking nonsense like of her killing the partner Mm, like the entire like i'm gonna frame it that i was in it like the entire thing of it and then it brings you to the fucking hospital and it keeps going and it is just like yeah so if i ever catch you in these streets talk speaking ill of scream four I'm just going to assume that you're wrong about everything and I'm never going to trust your opinion on anything because it's I like, what that. the fuck movie did you watch? Because it's that was perfect. Reveal. It's well, the it's smartest Yeah, film. oh my God. Because, well, it touches on what you said about Billy in the first one, right? Where it's like, he's the obvious choice and then it doesn't turn mm-hmm. out to be him. Where like the in- the fourth one does the inverse, right? Like she is mm-hmm. obviously Sydney, right? They're setting, yes. like you imagine, like if they continue this, like Emma Roberts is- Sydney. So the it's like the idea of Sydney becoming the killer is so mm-hmm. like you can't even wrap your head around it. Like that was a similar experience and it was the first time where as far as an audience member, we have to remember we thought she fucking killed Sydney, right? Like we we are led to believe that this killer is going to get away with it and you watch mm-hmm. her and it's so smart. You're like the, the, when, she, when she rips out her own fucking hair, whoever did that foley was yeah. not playing. I was like, girl! Crunch, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like Velcro ripping. You're like, what? Um, no, literally, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and what you were saying about the reveal in the latest ones, I think, and again, I think back to the reveal of the second one and the third one, right? Like, they're not jaw-dropping. They're not like once you hear about it, you're like, okay, maybe that makes sense. Like, that's really entertaining. I think that the problem with both the fifth and the sixth one is the lead up. They promise big, but the reveal is never satisfying. Like, I think that both movies showcase that the writers and the directors have a deep, deep love for the Scream franchise, which is incredible, right? Like, you want Scream fans to make these movies, but they blow it up so big like they pay so much respect to it that you're like this shit's about to be jaw-dropping who is this random bitch i don't care like that's the problem with them like Mm -hmm. they are planting seeds of an epic reveal whereas if they were like it they could have just made it far more random and it would have like (laughs) been a little more satisfying i don't know that's my take yeah, I mean, I think especially in six, like, 
it felt so lackluster. Like on paper, it made sense, but I was just kind of like, I don't care about any of these people. I'm so over this fucking guy. Like, I don't care about his family. If it had actually been Kirby, that would have been an interesting twist if they had like written it in a different way where I, because I never suspected it was Kirby. And so that would have maybe been like a shocker. I don't think it would have made really made sense with her character, but like it was just, yeah, both five and six have been, I think also because I want Stu to be the killer so bad in both of them that I'm like, on the fucking edge of my seat, like holding my breath, waiting for Matthew Lillard to fucking rip that mask off. And then when it's not him, it's just kind of like, oh. But even take the desire, even take away the desire for it to be Stu. Like we're not delusional in believing that like the entire six movie was built on the idea that like they are counting down from every ghost face into something epic. Mm-hmm. What does a countdown lead to? Number one, right? Yeah. If you don't want like, and you could I assume that's a misdirect, but that's a misdirect that's leading to something astronomical as opposed to like whatever this is. They could have just been like, people are obsessed with these killers. Take the masks out of it. Take the countdown out of it. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, that was, that I felt was, like, the biggest issue with that movie. Mm. Um, and I think, and, and for the first one, I guess the reveal, the, the first one, the fifth one, the reveal of it was fine, I guess, if they had given Amber more of a character. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. I mean, it was something that I was thinking about, and then we should probably move on to the next question, yeah. because we could just- We could just do this for seven hours. For, no, literally. Um is and it was something I was just realizing when I was kind of like refreshing myself today with the franchise to be like fully read. I mean, I didn't really need to, but I was like, you know, might as well. Is that that's what I feel like also, and it comes down to the reveals a lot of the time. These two new installments, and I'm not trying to be a fucking hater. Like I didn't hate I enjoy them. either of these movies. Um, and I've only seen six once at this point. Mm-hmm. Are not getting is that like one through four does what Scream does, which is that, like, they are making a statement on horror of the time. And, like, first one's about, obviously, horror movies in general. Second one is sequels. Third one is filling out a trilogy. And then fourth one is, like, when you do, like, a reboot. Mm -hmm. Great. And they explain it to you in the movie in a way that works. It doesn't feel, like, force-feeding you to a certain degree, really. But it's, like... But they don't use that as a crutch to kind of, like... That's what the users are not doing, where they're, like, oh, well, we're doing, like the the whatever the fuck they call it in five a re a requel and it's like okay but if you think about all the other reveals even as you were saying two and three where it's kind of like lackluster it's like but it's something you know what i'm saying like roman sure you could think it's fucking stupid but like they went for something that hadn't been done before and at that point hadn't been repeated then when you do five and it's like it's the love interests again and when what's her name amber got no development which i think i might have said if you want to listen back guys to our we did do a scream five minisode which is a great time if you want to listen specifically about our scream five opinions but she was supposed to be dating jenna ortega's character in the movie in the original script and they changed it but it's just like okay we did this already like we did this we did this literally in this house before Mm -hmm. which i get that that's the point to a certain degree but it's like that's why that reveal whatever and then yeah in the second one or the sixth one which i can't even get fully into it because we'll be here for the next two hours but like the reveal is such fucking dog shit i'm sorry it is like it literally is such dog shit because i'm just like we've done this before we've done this before and now it's not even interesting as we said even with mrs loomis like 
you got us because you had Sydney going, Mrs. Loomis, and then everyone goes, what? And that works. Nobody here is going like, his dad? Is his dad? Whoa. I don't care about it anymore. Move on. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, uh, before we move on, yeah. Even though we have to move on because I know <laughs> forty minutes, we're still on the question one. I just want to say we've mentioned a lot of the things about five and six that don't work, and that's totally fair. I just want to say that recently, obviously, the sixth one came out, and I have to say that what five and six, I think. They're obviously resonating with people. I think that what they Mm -hmm. are, are fun, good slashers in the sense that like, it's like, okay, you know, these are characters. They're getting stabbed. There's a chase scene, you know, like tensions Mm -hmm. are building. Like there's enough humor in there. Like, I think that they are good, fun slashers for what they are. I think, I, and I remember having like the experience in the sixth one where like, I was having a ball. I was like, woo, like, this is fun. Like, yes, New York, yes, fight scenes, yes, chase scenes, yes, all of it. It literally was at the end where I was like, you just have to spend like one minute thinking about it (laughs) for some of it to kind of come apart in terms of it being a Scream movie. But I'm still going to watch them. I'm still going to enjoy them. And like, I'll still probably be pissed off by the things that I don't like. Um, Right. But, you know, I think it's just because we have such high standards for the series as a whole, because so many horror series have installments that are like really bad and really stupid. And in my opinion, Scream does not have a bad film in the series. So I'm always just going to be comparing them to Wes's films and they're never going to live up to Wes's films in my eyes. And that's not of any fault of their own. They're just they're not Wes Craven. They're not going to do it the way that I want him to do it. So they are still really fun. I still really love them. And I know Anya loves them. But, you know. It's just different level. Um, but we should move on to question number two. Um, so as we just discussed, that probably got cut out. I didn't understand the definition of this question. So my answer might be a little bit different than their answer, but I don't really care. So Anya and Roberto, what is your who is your favorite tertiary character in the series, which I guess means a background character? Yeah, so for anyone listening, I mean, you guys can also go on your phone and Google tertiary. We are talking essentially about characters that are only pretty much appear in one film, and they're not part of, like, the main group. They're like... I think mine still works. I I won't know, girl. I'll be able to... Probably. We'll see. Um, So there's a chance me and Roberto have the same or a very similar answer. Um, I will just say mine right out, which is um, the nasty bitch cheerleader in the bathroom in Scream 1 who is talking shit on Sydney um, as Sydney hides in the stall. Um, was I correct, Roberto? Do you have the same one as me or is it different? Well, actually, it's perfect. That's why we're such a great pair because my favorite tertiary character is Nancy Ann Ritter, uh, who plays girl in bathroom, i.e. Uh, cunty cheerleader's uh, bestie who uh, yeah. is chatting with her in the bathroom. Um, I've always resonated with uh, the non-cheerleader bitch in the bathroom you no, know right. her hair clip her high-waisted pants um <laughs> the, fact, the fact that she's like ah, you're sick but I love it let's keep going no yes well it's funny because I mean Roberto's literal fucking letterbox picture is this bitch <laughs> in the bathroom um <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. we we I mean we 
when Roberto and I first became friends and a, a, a crux of our relationship, I think at the beginning was like our love for scream and stuff like that. And like kind of immediately being like, oh, well, these girls are us. Like this is, and not to be like, we're nasty bitches in real life, but like, we just like love them. Um, and yeah, well, it was funny the other day we, you know, we were leaving something. I mean, oh, I won't say what it was, but we left an event and we get in the car and it's just the two of us. And we were like, oh my God, like some of the people were not talented, just like talking shit on people. And then mind you, like Muna is playing and it's like, I know a place, which is essentially a song, which is about like unity and like we're all safe here and like no one can hurt us so we're talking the nastiest shit and then he's like we're like ah turn that up and we like start singing (laughs) like this song of like ah everybody's welcome after we were just being such bitches and I just feel like those two girls in the bathroom would be the same exact way and I yeah and the monologue that that bitch gives or whatever where she's just like I think Sydney did it and she's like really getting into it in the bathroom which I will come back to that later for a different question so I won't get into it now but all three of um, us will yeah, she's she's my favorite. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where obviously the entire movie is meta and it's people commenting on horror movies, but this feels I don't know. I this plays into that so perfectly just in the sense of like, well, exactly. If we were living in this world, this is like attention seeking bitch that one. Attention seeker, Sydney Prescott. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like like these would be the nasty things that people are like putting up online on Twitter. Like it yeah. feels authentic and it's also hilarious. <clears throat> it's just so smart. And of course, and of where do you get this shit? Ricky Lake. <laughs> Ricky Lake. Anyway, I love her. I love girl in uh, bathroom. It's really cute that you guys had that pair. I love that for you. <laughs> well I, and, and um, the thing is I don't even I, I, I it was it is a crux of our friendship but I like can't even remember like I remember me and Anya meeting I don't remember us like becoming friends via the vehicle of horror movies but I do remember us going and seeing Scream like at a midnight screening um yeah so at the Coolidge oh fun um well my answer I took this to be just any character that was only in one film that was not in the main group of people um sure. so for me, I really love Joel, cameraman number two in Scream 2, um, one of the only That's black characters one. in any of the original films. Absolutely. It could be a, I, a tertiary character. Okay. Sure. I love Joel because he, for two reasons. One, he has one of my favorite improvised lines of the whole series, which is after Sydney punches Gail and uh, Haley, the actress who plays her, improvises, did you get that on film? And then he comes back and says, yes, I got that on film. And it cracks me the fuck up every time incredible and mm-hmm. he also stated that Wes Craven asked him like what would your character do here and he was like he would get in a cab and he would get the fuck out of here because black people do not survive horror films oh, that's right, and that's yes. what they did he literally says bye to Gail and then you see him walk down to a yellow cab put his bags in and he, he doesn't come back and I think it's so funny and I love that they added that commentary in there it's just so good I love Joel I think he's really charismatic too that's really good. No, that's great. And when you brought that up, I do remember one of the Scream documentaries that I've watched. He's in it and he says mm-hmm. that story where he's like, so I just got in a cab and left. And I was like, I think that's epic. So I funny. fucking love that. Um, yeah, definitely a tertiary okay. character for sure. I mean, he literally leaves the movie and doesn't yes. come back. <laughs> um, okay, well, that one was quick and easy and painless. So let's get on to three, which oh, is. Oh, elaborate one. Oh, God, a mercy. Well, so, start with and this Roberto- one. 
Yes. And Roberta was talking, asking me before, so I will clarify also for our audience if they're confused by this question. The question is, if you could replace one ghost face with someone else of your choosing, who would you replace? And I guess who with, you know, who would you kick out? Who would you bring in and why? Now, this could be either up for interpretation. I think it can be like, you know, scream one, like I would have had it been Tatum instead of, you know, Billy. So it can be like characters that were already in the movie. You're not adding new people. Or you could be like in scream six, I would have had uh, the killer be uh, Michael Shannon. That one's for you, Cornelia. Um, you know, he wasn't in the movie at all, but I want to add him into the movie now. So you can interpret that whichever way for your answer. But Alex, why don't you mm-hmm. start this one? Well, I do think that most, hmm. no, I take that back. Um, I, I wouldn't change anything genuinely because like they're holy grails to me. But if I had to pick one mm-hmm. that I think is the weakest that I would wish was written a different way, I would go with three in the reveal mm-hmm. of Roman because when I was younger, three was my favorite movie and I, I liked Roman's character and being the half brother and blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm an adult and I've watched them a thousand times, I'm like, I mean, first of all, it's the only one of the four original ones that Kevin Williamson didn't write. And I think it shows. And obviously we know that Stu was supposed to be the original killer before that got leaked. So they had to do rewrites. And it just feels the weakest of them all. And I don't like that Roman is able to take away from like Billy and Stu's like reveal in the first one because it's like, well, I was actually puppeteering them. And I'm like, but maybe you weren't. I don't love that. So if I had to redo it, I would like it to be completely rewritten in a way that (laughs) – the killer is Cotton Weary. Oh. Because okay, I yeah. think that in one and two, Cotton plays the perfect red herring. You always suspect Cotton, and then it's never Cotton. You're like, oh, he's just a sweet guy. And I think by the time three comes around, your guard has dropped with Cotton, and that would be the time to have him be the killer. And I think you could either leave the opening sequence and then have it be like, he didn't actually die. It was, you know whatever or you can rewrite it and have a different opening scene where cotton doesn't die but i think you know in another universe that could have been a really cool fun twist yeah for sure roberta you were nodding so you should go now well yeah that was i i definitely considered that and i think like it is just one of those things where like you watch the second one and it's incredible that they did bring cotton back because you Mm -hmm. see you know like he's this like very like he gets less screen time than the bitches in the bathroom you know what i'm saying like they talk about him and like you see like flashes of him but like the fact that they made him a fuller character in the second one and then he just gets killed off at the beginning of the third one feels a little like womp womp um Mm -hmm. so like you know had and I think, like, it still could have worked with Roman being there, you know, like, Roman tries to kill him, and then at the end we find out that, like, again, Cotton's very self-serving. He's like, I'll kill whoever. <laughs> King, I will kill whoever. Frankly, I'm tired of Sydney. Well, Cotton wants fame. That's the whole thing with two, is Cotton totally. wants fame so bad. He's, like, pressuring her, and then if it's like, yeah, I'll kill for you if you put me in your next movie or some shit, mm-hmm. like, for sure. Right. Um. So I thought about that. But something I was thinking about... Um. Additionally, was I think that in Scream 5, I would have been interested in seeing a version with Mindy as the killer. Um, Ooh, yeah. mm. First off, she's far more developed than Amber. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is. It, 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 it feels similar in the first one where like um, 
where, you know, the obvious red herring is the person who you would think it's the boyfriend. So like if they were going for this, I don't know why I was closing that. It probably made a sound. If you're going for like fans, crazy horror fans are to blame. Like Mindy is the obvious choice. And then you can watch the entire movie and be like, oh my God, it was so obvious. Um, and frankly, I I like didn't love what they did with her in the following movie. So if she had been the killer in the fifth one and then just killed her off. Um, I just think it's far more fitting, especially because it's like, we don't, the whole plot of the fifth one is built on the idea of crazy fan culture, but never throughout the movie are you seeing Amber or Richie mm-hmm. express any sort of love for the film, for for horror, for stab, for anything relating to it's anything. the opposite yeah. of that, actually. Exactly. Yeah, like he's so, never seen them. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have worked if, like, again, if it was Richie and Mindy, if it was, like, yeah, make one surprising, but make one, like, oh, my God, of course it's her. Of yeah. course, it's her wanting to like bring back her favorite horror movie, um, so much so that she's willing to kill and it her would brother. Be... Mm. And that's the thing too. It's like they're the there's we haven't really had siblings before this. That we, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously like, we introduced in three that Randy had a sister, but she had you know never brought up before that. And we have like obviously Tatum and um, Dewey. Dewey, but like they're different ages. It's kind of a very different relationship. Or like these two are like in the same friend circle type shit. Um, no, twins, you're, right? you're 100% correct. Yes, they're twins. Um, we're like, yeah, if you, because I, I, I like Jack Quaid in Scream 5. I like Jack Quaid in Scream 5. I think his reveal, even though it's still like we've done the boyfriend thing before, I felt it was earned. I was like, fine, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's completely okay. It was Amber that I was like, what the fuck is this choice? Um, so yeah, I think if they did Mindy, it would have been really interesting just because of like her relationship to Randy and exactly what you're saying, like the fan culture of it all, where it's like she would essentially be the Billy of the Billy and Stu, like the the mastermind in theory that was like puppeteering Stu, as we're supposed to believe, who would be Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and you could even do something where it's like, you could either have it be like, yeah, not Randy. What the fuck is his name? Jack Quaid's character. Oh, Richie. 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 I always fucking do it because it's our names. Richie. Um, either you could really have it still be Richie being like, I was faking the whole time. I also am a huge mm-hmm. fan. Or it could be like Richie like was her fucking bitch boy for some other reason. And she was puppeting him and blah, blah. And like teaching him like, yeah, the movies are supposed to be this way and blah, blah. You know, commenting on, uh, I think, fan culture as well. When people like try to gatekeep things from new mm-hmm. fans and blah, blah. Like, you're both And again, it can go back answers. to like where as audience members, like the, the Randy death is so devastating that she's like, Randy gets to live in my movie, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be I really think good. another yeah. thing that doesn't quite sit right with me with the fifth one is the lack of them bringing up the fourth one. Something about that, does, like I, all, most of the movies skip the sequels mm-hmm. and just talk about the first one. But as someone who loves the fourth one and, and, the fourth one is this like big time gap where someone tries to big bring the franchise back. You would think that like it's yep. talked about more, like especially in the fifth one. I, I mean, I guess they, they reference no, you're it. Right, because, but like, no, you're right. Because like, if you think about it, like Scream 1 and obviously Scream 2 is right after. So the only thing you can reference is Scream 1. So that's happening there. And then Scream 3, you're literally on a movie set of a stab movie. So it's already referential in that way. And you have a thing, even and it could just be small things. Like you have a Randy videotape. He was just killed in the last movie, which is why he has to be on videotape in the third one. Like things like that. Four obviously references the things that come before. We're like, yeah, it's like 
forced the freshest thing to happen. It was this huge thing because it was like the whole thing with Jill when we left, obviously at the end of Scream 4, it's like the news reporters outside being like, oh, brave Jill. And we don't get to see the moment of like them realizing, no, she was actually a murderer. So like you're kind of hoping for some reference in some way. It doesn't need to be, it literally can be just like a fucking exchange between people or a thing. And you don't really get that. The most you get is like the Kirby YouTube thumbnail. Of like, is Kirby still alive? Um, and, it, and you would think like with the sixth one, but... they take it in the direction that like people are like, they think that Sam is this crazy killer and that she planted all this evidence. You would think they would be bringing up Jill. They'd be like, Jill tried to do it too. You know, like <laughs> it's yeah. all these things where you're like, it's so true. Yeah. Did you, have y'all seen yeah. the movies? <laughs> Don't no, lie. Quickly, answer quickly. Um, so I will try to keep this as condensed as possible because I know that you motherfuckers have heard it from me a thousand times. And once again, go back and listen to our Scream 5 episode. It's a very fun time. And we talk oh, yeah. about it to a certain degree there. If I was to make somebody that was not in this movie, I'm, I'm going to stick with Scream 5 for this. I would say it would be in Scream 5. I would have had it been Stumacher. And yeah. to get into the, the nitty gritty of why, I'm not, I literally listened to the Scream 5 episode. I'm not going to repeat myself. I gave all the fucking info there. Um, and I think there's people that feel similarly to me that don't need it spelled out. And it, it obviously leaks over into Six, where it is just like, as a whole, this franchise, which obviously, sure, Stu has been a ghost face. And it was great. It was amazing. But I think it's silly. And I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier with the reveal of five kind of being like, eh, okay. And then six for me kind of just being completely like, girl, what? Like, what are we doing? Is that, sure, I love Matthew Lillard. So there's obviously going to be a biased part of me that's like, I just want to see Matthew Lillard. But if you're going to make me look at that fucking Billy Loomis ghost, you can give me <laughs> something with Matthew Lillard. And beyond that, even beyond, even beyond the silliness, it's just like, it is smart to do this because you have laid the groundwork, as we talked about with five, with six, as Roberto was bringing up earlier, like the entire like, yeah, you're building to something like they're leaving mass of all the past killers counting down to one. There's a fucking layer that's essentially to honor who you would think it would be like, well, it's Stu being like. I started all of this and look mm -hmm. at all these people that like were so obsessed with my work and like, I'm going to make a shrine essentially to myself and the legacy I created and blah, 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 which obviously doesn't end up being the case. And it's just like, and I won't get into it, but I've had conversations with both Alex and Roberto and where it's like, there's things in stream six that it's like work perfectly. If you were going to do a stew reveal that don't make sense or are kind of stupid with the reveal you did and vice versa. There's things that they did do though, where I'm like, yeah, sure. That works for the reveal you gave us. If they just tried to do both at once and it doesn't come together. But what Scream has, is about is always like reinventing itself, doing something fucking new, you know, playing into the tropes of like, this is what you think you're going to get with a sequel and blah, 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 blah. And that's what I was saying with the original West ones is just like, they do all that for the movie, but they still get you with the reveal. They're still like, we haven't done this before. The mm -hmm. thing we're going to do, whether it's dumb or not, we haven't done it before. Five and six don't do that. They give you something they've done before. Whether you like it or not, it's been done before. Whereas, like, they have killers. never. Yeah, but six also is uh, the family of the, of the original killer. So in the same way, it parallels two. Which is why I'm like, in three, if they do seven then, it has to be one killer and it has to be somebody from the original. So it has to be Stu. Exactly. Um, but even with the three killers thing, it's like, that doesn't even matter because what's his name? Like the brother who like got zero screen time and no character development. I was like, he might as well just not be here. Well, like, she literally died like I 20 fucking minutes in. 
So, so it doesn't even matter. Um, but yeah, it, they've never done a repeat killer. Is what I'm trying to get to. They've mm-hmm. never done yes. that. So at this point, you know what? Fuck it. Like even if I didn't get Stu, but they repeat somebody else, at least I'd be like, cool. You haven't done that before. Like, great. And I and obviously they're leading up with the entire fucking Sam is Billy's daughter thing. Like, yeah, give us the fight of like essentially Billy versus Stu. I'll even take mm-hmm. some fucking bastard son or daughter of Stu that we also didn't know about. I mean, we all we all know the fucking Scream series is not afraid to be like, we never mentioned this before, but it's real now, and you just have to <laughs> accept this familial relationship. And it's like, fine, okay. Listen, I dealt with it being stupid before. I'll I'll deal with it for Stu. At the very least, give us that. To give us that standoff, because otherwise, what the fuck is the Sam ghost Billy dad for? It just feels fucking moronic to me. All that to say, I wish it was Stu and five. I wish it was Stu and six, but I think five, and this might be controversial and I might change my opinion down the line because I've only seen six once. I think five is a better movie than six. So I would have preferred it to be Stu because it also took place at the end in his house. In his own house, yes. Oh my God, yes. But that's my pick for who would my ghost face replace me. I think that five and six, when it comes down to it, they are fan service movies, right? Like, we don't need yes. them. I mean, they're a money grab, I guess. But I mean, mm-hmm. Ford didn't do that yeah. well financially. So they are fan service. They were directed by two people who love the franchise. And they're like, we really mm-hmm. want to do this, right? They are made for us. So I think that what is frustrating is they know how we feel about Stu. They keep alluding to it. And my thing is, if you don't like the stew of it all, bury it, right? Like, don't keep leaving these open-ended, like, oh, some people think he's alive. Yeah, or, or obvious, or, or photos, the biggest video thing photos. to me, the opening, the little photos, right? Constantly, like, diminishing stew. At the phone mm-hmm. call in the in the fifth one, right? Where it's like, she forgets stew and, like, the killer seems mm-hmm. pissed off. Like, things like that where you're like, these are not accidental. Everything in these movies are purposeful. And like. Exactly. And it, and it was one of those things where me and Anya were laughing. Cause it's like at the end of the fifth one, where it's like, it's crazy rabid fans. It's like, that is us. Like we're so fucking pissed about this, but it's like, mm-hmm. come on y'all. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I, regardless of how you feel about like Stu coming back or Stu not coming back, because I know a lot of people don't, don't want that to happen. Like at the end of the day, stop you're like very actively making it seem like you're setting it up. You're riling people up. You're riling people up. You're building to it. So if Stu is not the killer or somebody related to Stu in seven, I don't know what you've been doing and what you've been working at because you're just like placing the fucking stepping stones for a Stu reveal. And I kept thinking, I was like, okay, fine. They're not going to bring Stu back, whatever. I figured that Richie was going to be related to him or that was going to be the Mm -hmm. reveal in the sixth one, actually, where they're like fucking well, you don't know that we're related, you know, like, yeah, bring it back. Make the, make that countdown reach like an explosive ending, not whatever that was. Yeah. Agreed. And I think I'm, I'm holding on to something that Abby said, which is that she thinks, and I, she could be very much right. It's going to possibly be the thing that they did when it was like the latest Spider-Man movie where it was like, no, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield aren't in it. And, you know, Andrew Garfield being on red carpets being like, I promise I'm not in this movie. Cut to like, them very much being in the movie where it's yeah. like they just kind of have to do that otherwise like they'll probably get in trouble or like fuck mm-hmm. themselves over by like giving something away and i know that obviously matthew lillard would be professional and not say a fucking peep about it but like he wants to come back so let him but you brought up something really incredible was like i don't even give a fuck if it's a plan the movie has to stand on its own right like 
So I don't care if the movies are building towards like Sam being a killer or not. I don't care if they're building up to like Stu. If each of them individually are frustrating, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then what? I'm still going to watch. And I'm a clown. <laughs> All right. Well, six films, a lot of death. Hmm. I, let's say, let's pick not deaths we've already discussed, if possible. Would you, what would you say is your favorite kill of the entire series? Roberta? I will say that, like, I think Amber's death is hilarious. I think that, again, like, the lead up to oh, her death is a fire. Little, like, whatever, but it's like <laughs> her getting stabbed during mm-hmm. the COVID of it all, her getting drenched in hand sanitizer, then getting lit on fire, then still being alive, and Jenna Ortega getting to shoot her in the head. Like, that mm-hmm. was a very fun, like, Sure. And, 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 and that's what I mean when I say I think that that's what five and six are doing well. Like they're giving you things that like you really enjoy in the moment, even if conceptually mm-hmm. they're like hard to grasp in terms of them being part of this franchise. Like, like the like mm-hmm. after the six reveal, I had a blast. I was like, yes, Chase. Yes, fight. Yes, keep it going. Even if the reveal was like not satisfying. And I feel similarly about Amber, just in the sense that like, I don't think she as a killer reveal was great, but like. I loved watching Gail and Sydney beat that bitch's ass. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Anya? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a list. Uh, and magically, none of them had been spoken about. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So I, yeah. So I will just say one. And then if we want to at the end, just like rapid fire, like this person or whatever. Um, but my, I think one of my favorites is Tatum in the garage. I mean, yeah. once again, first movie iconic. I mean, it's Tatum in the iconic outfit. It's Tatum in theory versus her boyfriend. If it's Stu at the time in the costume, which I think it's been debated that most of the time in the first movie, it is Stu in the costume. I think a lot of people believe that. And it's usually Billy working the phone. Um, anyways, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's iconic. There's the moments of like, you know. I spit on your garage or, and like, you know, her like throwing the beer bottle at him and the doggy door and the head smash of it all to then like, and it's just like, you know, it looks silly, but it's also once again, disturbing, like her body, like whatever. And then Sydney's coming and finding it later. Um, yeah. I mean, I love Tatum as a character. She's fantastic. Um, and again, iconic. And I, I would like say Rose McGowan is so good in that. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I would say Tatum in the garage is is a very top of the list for me. Yeah, that would be one of my top, if not my top as well. Um, it's just like so iconic and like really fucking scared me when I was younger, like terrified me. And mm-hmm. the way that they show her face and her head squish is so good. Um, but if I'm going to go without – not with with a different person than Tatum. I also really enjoy. It's not like necessarily satisfying in terms of like the actual like stabbing, but I love the chase sequence and lead up to Jennifer, aka Parker Posey, her death in Scream mm. Three, where she is in the like creepy fucking two way mirror closet of like the fucking fucking abusive um, producer's house, and she is like like banging on each glass pane like trying to get Dewey and Gail's attention and Ghostface is just like creeping towards her and Dewey is like shooting each pane one by one I just think it's 
so suspenseful and fun and exciting. And I love that one. That one's no, yeah, one of my faves. It's so good. So sad that Lance Henriksen, who I love, is playing a creep. Well, I was just saying it touches on that fear of like help being so close yet so far away. Yeah. Like I'm right here. Like help me. And also Parker Pose. I think you watch that movie and like you all kind of want to be Parker Posey. Like she's so funny and you're like, she feels like the be- your best friend. She feels like the person you aspire to be. So like to watch her be, you know, comedy gold the entire movie, but then still like have this tragic ending. Mm-hmm. It's For hard. sure. Mm-hmm. Some honorable mentions I will quick rapid fire through yeah. and you guys might agree with them or whatever. Um, Kenny, the cameraman from the first yeah. movie, I think with the camera lag moment where he's like, oh, fuck, the doors are open. Like not even not necessarily like the throat slip, but like that moment just before his death makes it so much scarier for me. And when Gail um, finds his body is also very, very good. Oh, my God. Sliding down. Get off my car. Get off my windshield. Whatever the fuck she says. Um, and Get your Olivia fat lard. Oh, is that earlier? That's Yeah. But that's still so yes. good. But – Olivia, who's Jill's neighbor and friend, um, when Kirby and her yeah. get the call from Ghostface and he's in her closet. And then it is, like, very brutal stabbing her on the bed. Like, that's great. Um, fucking Allison Brie in the parking garage. Roberto and I, um, obviously, I probably mentioned before, like, wrote our own slasher film. You will all see it one day. Um, but we originally, in one version of it, had, like, a whole parking garage thing. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. later Roberto was like, I want you to know that, like, when we wrote that, like, I was thinking of this scene. And I was like, so was I, obviously. Like, <laughs> This is the parking garage scene. And then obviously her body getting catapulted off the building. Epic. And then my last two were actually Fuck from me, wow. I th- yes. I think Wes's death is great because there's a lot of like very like like build up. Like a mm-hmm. kind of like, for lack of, better, of a better uh, analogy, it's like a Jaws where it's like you know the monster is in very the house good. but you can't see it for a while and it's very built up. And then like obviously it's like the weird like through his face and throat moment. I think we talked about it in our mm-hmm. Screen 5 episode. Like it's very good. And it's in broad daylight which always makes things scarier in a certain way. And then honestly, and God rest his fucking beautiful soul, I, I am not – I you don't agree? What were you going to – I think what the is, Dewey death – I just hurts say me. my piece. Oh, I am upset that he died. Like, I care about the character. But, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, if they were going to kill a legacy character, like, yeah. it kind of has to be Dewey because he had, like, come oh, pretty much died and then was not dead so mm-hmm. many fucking times. And I think that, like, that hospital scene in general with Jenna Ortega, like, wheeling and, like, it, it's well done. And then that Dewey moment where it's, like, it's an honor. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um it was very emotionally sad and like devastating, but in a way where I'm like, because it was, it, it's good in a way. I don't know how to explain it other way where it's like, it doesn't, it's not devastating me in a way where I'm pissed off where I'm like, yeah. this was fucking cheap or shit like that. Like clear rivers in fucking clear rivers. Um, but anyway, I'm not so over it. Honorable mentions. I'm not over clear rivers. Um, oh, wait, I wanted to really eight. things. I think the West scene, in Scream 5. Mm-hmm. That is one of those moments where you're like, he's not given like a whole, like all that we know about his characters that like he maybe has a crush on Jenna Ortega and like his mom's a mm-hmm. cop. But it's one of those like things where like- t- Highlighted tips. Right. With the entire mm-hmm. scene, there is this suspenseful moment. But I remember also being like, oh my God, look at this cute son just like setting <laughs> up dinner for his mom. Yeah. Like it was like, it was like, it gave so much character while accomplishing two mm-hmm. things, right? Like, again, one of them being 
developing character and the other being like building suspense where you're like oh not this poor boy who's putting out his mom's glass of wine like mm-hmm. so um and the other thing i wanted to touch on was was it the dewey death i don't know girl uh, i don't remember um okay well I don't remember. We'll move on then. That was my opinion. Oh, um, you mentioned the Jenna Ortega during the hospital scene. I do think that even though, again, the five and six reveals haven't been great, which mm-hmm. is obviously you think about the entire movie leading up to the reveal. I think that one of the incredible things that five does, right? Like with the opening, like she lives. Cause we all watch that trailer. And we're like, Oh, yeah. bye girl. Yeah. It's a really fun opening dialogue aside. <laughs> Quote me. The Babadook. literally i can't even talk about it Uh, horror. (laughs) um but then again just watch it watching this poor girl look sydney's been through a lot over the course of four movies you could argue jenna ortega went through a fair amount of trauma in one yeah yeah um well sydney doesn't get like critically injured a lot yeah she's not because like broken carry the whole movie yeah um all right well second to last question y'all Mm-hmm. What is your favorite line of dialogue from the series? Most of them probably written by Kevin Williamson. King. I have so many. Everyone stream many. sick, streaming on Peacock. <laughs> so good. Love sick. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know. Should, should I start? I don't know. I have so many. I feel like I'm going to take everybody's lines. Well, we well, should we do rapid always, fire we at the end. Rapid fire yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, okay. So just say well, whatever your favorite ho- top of the list is. I will just say before I give an actual answer, because we already talked about the scene, when those two girls who are you two in the bathroom, when she <laughs> says, why would she want with Steve? She's got her own boyfriend, Billy. Oh my God. My favorite. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. But I would say a line that really I love um, is when Gail says, Roberto kind of already uh, addressed it briefly. No, don't worry. Look, Kenny, I know you're about 50 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry, please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now. Mm, She's a queen. I love her. We don't talk enough about corny cocks. I'll fucking say it, right? Like, as a fandom, like, yes, Sydney is the final girl. Mm -hmm. But, like, Courtney Cox's career... 10 seasons on Friends, mm-hmm. uh, six screen movies under her belt. W- what is there more to say? She's an icon. And she had some of the craziest fucking hairdos I, in these movies. I'm sad that her hair isn't ridiculous in five or six. Like, uh, like mm-hmm. each movie she changes it to be slightly silly. And I feel like five or six, they were like, she's grown up. No. I want that bitch with crazy highlights. Crazy. She should have had a shag. I'll say she it. She should have had like Michelle Visage, like the gray in the front. That could have been a look. She should have gone anyway. like full pixie cut. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that they did disrespect to Gail in six because it was just kind of like, I can't, I won't get into it because it will take too long. Um, that's how I feel about that. But um, <laughs> I literally can't get into it. Um, but with that line, I mean, it's so get funny. It? And the thing about it, <laughs> I can't get into it. Um, the thing about that line that's so funny is just like, it's not because obviously, like, sure, I'm not here to promote like fat fucking shaming somebody, no. but like the line is funny <sighs> because it's like Gail is so vile 
<laughs> like Gail, like, and the thing, and that's the great thing about Gail and like the fucking original like three is that like she comes back every time, learned nothing. She's just like, I'm gonna be the worst person again, and I'm like, yes, do it. But it's like that that person that's like kind of a piece of shit and like a bitch, but like you're still rooting for her because like she does have humanity in her. But yeah, that line where she's just like so fucking frustrated she didn't get this interview because Kenny was taking too long, and she just like starts out very like Kenny. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with like the now she's mm-hmm. everything. She's a legend. Well, it's um, a perfect storm of like an know. actor with charisma. Yeah, uh, very funny, memorable lines. Um, and she's smart. I think oftentimes like the bitch isn't always allowed to be smart. Like she's a cunt, but then she gets what's coming to her because she's not smart. Whereas like Gail, you're like, yeah. she's actively trying to. So- and that's also what kills me. She actively is trying to solve the murders. Like, every movie, she's like, yes. I'm going to figure out who it is. And it's funny, because in the fourth one, where she's like, I helped solve these things three times. I'm like, did you solve them? Or did you? were you just there at yeah, the end? Yeah, you never figured out who it was. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> you never fucking figured it out, girl. Uh, That's a good one who's like, no one is ever like, you know, I know it's this person, and I'm sticking true to that it's this person, and then it's that person. And they're like, I knew it all along. It's like, either nobody has any guesses, or they do, and it's like, and you were wrong, which I guess they like play with a little bit with Mindy and Six, where she's yeah, like, I was, I was wrong again. Um, I should know who it is. But Roberta, what's your favorite line? <sighs> We've barely talked about her, even though like she is my queen. But my favorite line, because, every, you know, they're like funny one offs and like, that's great. But the Kirby Reed monologue in season four mm. in season four season four, four. <laughs> literally <laughs> this movie th- these films are seasons in my life kirby reed played by the incomparable hayden panettiere where she lifts lists off every single remake is mm-hmm. it just like releases a chemical in my brain that cannot be replicated and i remember that moment is in the trailer and i mm-hmm. i had the pleasure of seeing Scream 4 in theaters. And I remember like that moment in the trailer being like, oh, that was good. But it's even longer in the movie. And it's one of those things where like, yes, these are iconic movies in themselves, but like we love them because they're a celebration of horror. So for this character to just sit and have a full minute of just listing all of these movies that if you're a true horror fan, you either are aware of or know it's such a fucking rush. And again, it's it's the first time in these movies where like sh- uh, someone has answered the phone and has presumably won. I, I know so Anya, I, I, we've talked about how you're like, just let them fucking finish the question. But I love that because it's like, she doesn't have to know the rest of the question yeah. because she has such a galaxy brain. The Hidden Pantera's breath control and acting in that moment where she's able to list all of those in like what feels like one breath while also like trying to be like emotional and scared, unfucking matched. Yeah, and I think what's great about it, I think to talk about what Roberto was saying that I had made comment on, is that like, as a horror fan, exactly right. Like she says all those movies, you're like, yes, yes, yeah. Because whatever the question is, I think it's like, like what, like I can't like reboot or whatever, essentially. And she's naming all these reboots, which is the reason why they made Scream Four was to talk about reboots, blah blah. Mm-hmm. So it's great. I think as a Kirby fan, as someone that's like, I want you to live, and I want you to be the first person to beat him, I am just like, girl, 
wait two seconds. Like, I know you know the answer, and in theory, you're giving the answer, but, like, I just like Ghostface has rules where if it's, like, you know, mm-hmm. the, fir- if the first answer out of your mouth is not the correct one, he's like, sorry to let you answered. Like, I don't care that you actually know. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, like, her flexing in this moment where I'm, like, once again, as a horror fan, I'm, like, yeah, she fucking knows all of them, bitch. But then as, like, a Kirby, like, please stay aliver, I'm, like, girl, be quiet. <laughs> Let also, him finish the funny, question. How funny the the image of just, like, Jill on the other end, like, putting the phone down, being, like, this bitch is going to go on forever while Hayden Penetier's, like, <laughs> sobbing. But uh, She and- puts it down. She's, like, putting it on speaker, like, filing her nails. <laughs> but, and, and. Look, I, I have to take a moment for some Mindy slander. Oh, girl. Kirby, Kirby works because she's a perfect follow-up to Randy in the sense that, like, yes, this is a modern character who loves horror, but isn't mm-hmm. fucking annoying about mm-hmm. it. Like, yes. like in, in the film, arguably, I think the Randy character is supposed to be the, the Culkin whoever he may be um, and the gay yeah. non-gay character, right? Like they're mm-hmm. supposed to be like the film buffs, but we know Kirby could quiz them, trivia them under the rug, right? Like mm-hmm. we know that Kirby yeah. is a genius and is better than both of them. And that's why it was, it's then frustrating to get a character like Mindy who feels like Randy, but worse and more annoying. Um, and, and I remember like watching the sixth one, like, I will say I feel Hayden Panettiere, like I'm happy for Hayden Panettiere to get that paycheck. Like I want her in these movies. Like, yes, go off queen. I felt like the character of Kirby Reed was not represented well in those movies. Like. No. I like the scene in the yeah, park. They took away like, everything that's fun about her and they just made well, her a cop. I wish yeah. like if I was making this movie during that scene where they're talking about the rules of a franchise, Kirby Reed should have walked the fuck up and told Mindy to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up because this is like, like this is the person who knows what's up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like anyway, and yeah. again, I if Kirby had been the killer no, in that movie, that would have been fucking iconic too. To been like, bitch, you're annoying. And you think you know? I know exactly, exactly. exactly. And and that's the thing too. And I've said this to her too. There's never been a killer like that. Since she survived one movie and wasn't the killer, and then came back and was yeah. like, "Fuck it, that's I'm why I want Cotton." Um, literally. Um, but I think the thing too with Kirby and the Mindy of it all, because I liked Mindy in Five, and then when I rewatched it, I was like, "I don't love all this, but sure, she's okay." And then Six, I kind of was like, "Girl, you're annoying the shit out of me," and I love Lavender I Menace. Of course, in the moment, I think I just oh, love yeah, Jasmine so much that I'm like, exactly, Jasmine's boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, I just love her so much. That I'm but, like, yes, Mindy. The thing that works about Randy is, like, I don't know, like, even though Randy has moments in one, in two, and then on the videotape in three, but, like, even in one, like, Randy knows stuff about movies because he works in a movie store or whatever, but, like, I don't know, maybe it's my love for Randy blinding me, but it never felt in any of those movies, like, annoying. Like, it was it was either played for kind of, like, laughs or, like, silly or, like, in a smart mm-hmm. way, and I think, at least with one and two, it's because Kevin Williamson was writing it, and he's a fucking genius. Um, mm-hmm. But even four, when there's no more Randy at all, even in videotape form, and Kirby, I mean, yeah, as you were saying, Roberto, like, there's, like, the guys in, like, the AV club or whatever that, like, maybe are supposed to be Randys, but, like, they are fucking annoying, and at the end of the day, I think Loki were supposed to think they are, whereas, like, Kirby's tr- the, in the true predecessor or like you know heir to randy not predecessor i don't know the fuck i said that the true heir <laughs> to randy um 
And she doesn't ever really have a moment where she has to be like, let me explain to you the rules. Because it's like, at the end of the day, like, that's what Randy did. And it worked for Randy. And that's Randy's thing. It's like when you retire a fucking baseball player's numbers after he, because he's the greatest of all time, you don't fucking use them again. It's just like, you can't do it again. So when you have Mindy, I think they tried to get away with it because it's like, it's his niece. And it's like, okay. Like, it works to a certain degree fine in five, but then, yeah, when they're in the park trying to do it again in six, I was just like, hurry it the fuck up. Like, I don't care. This feels so, it's not on the level of Kevin Williamson, so you're just truly shooting yourself in the foot even attempting to do this. And, like, it just feels so force-fed at that point of, like, hey, idiots, let me explain to you how movies work. And it's like, and I hate mm-hmm. that they have a woman doing it because it just unfortunately then feels like, oh, when a boy does it, it's cool. But when a girl does it, it's not. Which, like, in reality, it's the opposite. But in these movies, unfortunately, they're making it be like, I fucking hate when Mindy is talking. I hate it. Um, well, it comes down to authenticity. Randy works because he's, like, that is an authentic, like, yeah, in the 90s, the person that would be obsessed with the horror movies would be like this nerdy guy. Like, he doesn't annoy me because I believe him. And in the fourth mm-hmm. one, like, uh-huh. I don't think the, 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 you know, film club guys are like annoying, but like, they, they are toned down and they like deliver the information that needs to be delivered. But, but yes. they give Kirby, like, subtle moments where you know, like, the police station scene where she's like, oh, I didn't get a call. Does that mean I must be, like, does that mean I'm next? Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 showcasing her knowledge in, like, organic ways. Whereas yeah. Mindy, it feels heavy-handed. It feels like she's been prepping this monologue, which I guess you could argue, like, it just doesn't feel like, I don't know this girl. Organic. You know what I mean? I don't know her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know her if she exists, frankly. You know? Well. Who's I talking to? I have a friend. Um, and we're, we're always laughing about, like, the gay characters in, like, film and TV that, like, make us homophobic. Uh, you okay. Can't, you can't see me, but raised eyebrows. Are you saying <laughs> Mindy? Mindy's um, aggressive pride Mindy. flags and lavender haze and rainbow and, like, constantly reminding us that she's a lesbian. I'm like, I get it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hate all her fucking costuming. Um, anyways. Um, oh, yeah. Did you have a line yet? No, but I'm going to okay. get to it right now. Um, I, well, one of them, I mean, one on my list, I had the fat tub of lard, Gail moment. Incredible. Um, and I think it was brought up earlier, obviously, the girls in the bathroom, they're like, oh, where do you get this shit? What did you take? Like, iconic. Roberto and I say it all the time. So taking those aside, I think my next possible top, before we get to, like, a quick rapid fire and then to our last question, is um, – to, uh, to say something of Randy, it's when Randy is working in the video store, which is a very important mm-hmm. scene to me because I grew up working essentially in the closest thing I could ever get to a video store, FYE, if you guys remember those. And I was at, working in FYE before they became like really just like merch heavy, like back when we had the aisles of CDs and DVDs. And that cart that Randy has where he's like putting movies mm-hmm. away, we had those. Uh, so and that, I worked my there so job. often. It was my, I loved it. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, I really did love it. And so Randy, I felt like I was like, this is looking, looking in a mirror. I love him. But it's when um, Stu shows up and he's like trying to like be like, oh, I think it's Sydney's dad. Like no one's heard from him or whatever. And it's just like Randy getting really worked up and being like, if the cops watch prom night or prom night, they would save time. Like everybody's a suspect. Like, and of course, like everybody like stops. It's just like, once again, like a, tra- a trailer mm-hmm. moment. Like it's just like so perfect. Rest in peace, King. 
I love mm-hmm. you, Randy. Um, I don't know if Roberto or Alex, you had any mm-hmm. quick other lines that didn't make the cut that you wanted to just shout out. Uh, that whole scene is so good. When Stu was like flicking Randy's earlobe <laughs> when he's like talking I to th- Billy. I thought it was, I, oh, yes, yes. You were yes. talking about Here, when Billy's like, yes, he's behind him. Oh, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything that Stu says in the third act when he's like, Yes. My mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. You hit me with a phone, Dick. Your mom's no uh, Sharon Stone. Like any delivery of Matthew Lillard spitting, incredible. And I also yes. love um, the extra meta level of the Jamie Kennedy being like behind you, Jamie behind you. That always made me so happy because like yes. his name's Jamie. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Yes, love it. The only one I will say. In honor of Miss Parker Posey, which I not to be up my own ass, but I mm-hmm. did get to go to the boat is afraid premiere, and Miss Parker Posey was there. Um, and so to honor her in that moment, um, she has a line on, in Scream Three where she hits Dewey in the face, and then Gail, to defend Dewey, hits her in the face, and she goes down. And she turns around to look back at Gail, and she goes, "My lawyer liked that." Um, she's everything. So that's the last one I want to leave it on. I thought you were going to do her, um, you know, Ghostface wants to kill Gail Weathers, but I'm Gail Weathers, but you're, you know, like whatever the fuck that line is. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. She's like, we're both Gail Weathers, and if they want to kill Gail Weathers, they'll kill you and not me. And she's right. Although she dies and Gail doesn't, so is she really? Correct. All right, well, to round it out, obviously, um, immediately don't know the men's names but the two men who have been directing five and six who um did um ready or not the radio silence team those yeah. yes that team have so obviously taken over writers too is it the two mm-hmm. directors and one the more two time just the yeah, radio team. silence team consist of the two directors and those two writers i think it's three people um you know obviously they have taken over since Wes craven's passing and i think that they are doing a good job. I, I'm very pleased that they found people who love and honor and respect the series and who wanted to dedicate five so much to Wes. But our last question is if somebody else were to take the reins and direct a Scream film, who would you like to see? In my opinion, there's only one answer. So I'm curious to see if either of you have the same she answer. She said earlier. She was she was since we were all gonna have the same answer, and I don't think we are. I think there's one answer. I I, I just don't trust anyone. I think there's one answer. So uh whoever is ready, who do you want? I want to guess your answer, I'm, but it's like not even my answer. What so do you I feel want, like let's start with Alex. You don't have to answer yet. And I no, and my guess for Oh, she doesn't have to answer yet? I'm gonna I'll go last. She's going to go last. Okay. I'll fucking say my answer because I fucking know my answer and I'm saying it with my whole fucking chest. I think John Hyams should fucking direct a fucking Scream movie. Now, if you're not familiar with who that is, I might be pronouncing his last name wrong. He is the director (laughs) of a movie. What, girl? You always pronounce (laughs) names wrong. We don't. I, it's spelled H Y A M S. That's fucking. I know, it just makes me, me laugh because every episode that we do, you say a name wrong, and I'm like, it's not like you had time to look up how to say it before the episode. Oh, oh, oh. I don't care enough. Anyways, he was the director of Alone, which is a movie I brought up on our first ever end of the year special, which I I really did love that movie, and the director of Sick which was written by Kevin Williamson, a slasher that was released this year. And for people who know about it or have hesitant to watch it because it's a COVID story, trust and believe, I fucking hate that shit. It makes my fucking skin crawl. 
but trust and believe in Kevin Williamson because he knows what the fuck he's doing. It's so good. And I think the thing about John Hyams, also knowing that I'm like, I'm also in an ideal world of want Wes to come back and write another Scream movie too, is that he really... So he can work with Wes well, but he originally was doing these Universal Soldier movies, so Kevin. he has like an action background. What did I say? You said Wes. He works well oh, yes. with Wes. Oh, Kevin. He works well with Kevin Williamson is what I meant to say. But John Himes has a background doing these Universal Soldier movies, which are action movies, which is why I think in Alone, but even more specifically, more recently with the Slasher Sick, like it works, it, it just, it's working so well. Like he does these chase scenes really well. Like every fucking, you know, opportunity that they miss to have a chase scene in the newer Scream movies, like they've got like six in sick and like they just like they really fill that quota and none of them feel like oh my god so unnecessary like everyone you're like oh my god like kicking your fucking feet like gripping the fucking arm of the couch like i just personally love sick so much um so i would be so happy if it got announced that like john hyams is doing a screen movie i'd be like he's he hasn't done me wrong yet in the horror sphere so i would be so happy to see it stream sick on peacock yes now roberto who would be your pick um i didn't have a lot of great answers because i'm like stop you know what i'm saying like (laughs) there's just very few people we trust but i think a lot of that comes down to like not that i think any director can do it but to me what's more important is like the script like so kevin williamson is what my feeling is um you know like I, I, like i'm sure any there's a, a handful of directors who could do a great job but like if the script like isn't it then it's not it it's not a great scary movie um <laughs> uh, the one name that i wrote down that i think i keep coming back to is um probably pronouncing his name wrong as well uh raja don't they just make wrong or whatever the director of Scooby-Doo 1 and 2, the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> right. And I don't think You know I, I love them, girl. Exactly. But I will say someone else who I thought, like, I think that, like, uh, Zach Kreger, who did Barbarian, could probably, like, do a really good job of balancing the, the horror and the humor. I think that uh, Karen Kusama, who did Jennifer's Body, mm. could probably, again, do those things. Where... And she's a woman and I would love for a woman to direct one of these movies. Um, Where again, like I think there's a handful of directors who would probably do a good job of balancing the humor and the scares, but it just comes down to the script for me um, in terms of, you know, who's really gonna deliver. I am so curious. It's really not going to be. It's in my opinion, it's just the most obvious answer. It's just so I want Kevin Williamson to direct it. That's literally my guess. I was like, this bitch is going to want Kevin. He, write it and he can direct it he is the perfect person because he has been involved with all of aside from three for the most part all of the original scream films and he has direct he's only directed teaching mrs tingle which i'd love to see him uh get back into the director <laughs> seat because i think he has probably learned a lot since then but like i just don't trust scream in the hands of anybody else because he would be the person who's like closest to being able to do what west probably would have done because they work together so closely. So I would just that make you question as to why he's not more involved in five and six. Like he produces them and I'm sure he like is sitting there mm-hmm. and like reads the scripts, but like I don't know. Well that's because why I think they should have had him direct them. We need I think you should have the director. I mean that's why sick is so so gag worthy because it's like this moment where you're like, you know, 
and before I watched it, I was like, God, I fucking hope the Kevin Williamson movie is good. Like, God forbid I watch a new mm-hmm. Kevin Williams slasher and I'm like, shit, he's lost his touch. He's and I watched it, it. I was like, no, it's fucking amazing. And then I'm sitting there being like, yeah, like, and he didn't write five, Scream 5 and Scream 6, which I think it worked. I don't know the inner workings. Maybe somebody does. Maybe there's an article somewhere. I don't fucking know. Where I'm like, I don't know if it's a, it's a combination of things. I don't know if it's him being like, I don't want to. Like, I said I was done with the really doing that when it wasn't with Wes, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, slash if they were like the studios or whatever was like, sorry, we have these mm-hmm. people that we want to do it. Sorry, Kevin. You can produce. Um, but it, it's clear that it's like this motherfucker still has the juice in him to write a fucking great horror slasher where now i'm like listen if he won't slash they won't let him do scream devastating but let that motherfucker cook somewhere else like jesus christ like yeah i, I can would only take imagine a fucking that, kevin like, williamson slasher every year yeah i i can only imagine like they hired the you know ready or not guys who then are like you know we have this writing team we're gonna move forward mm-hmm. with this and it's yeah. like you know kevin like Kevin being like, I'm going to be as involved as I can to like help keep. I just this feel thing like I there's a possibility that he doesn't want to. That he <laughs> he's said, like, I... yeah, like, that because well, because you know, he's like, once again, he went and he's like, I don't need to do the scream thing again. I did it like three times, and I proved that like mm-hmm. I'm the best. Like, I don't need to keep doing it. But I think, and I think it was something that came up when Scream Five was coming out, where there was a whole thing where it was like, you know, like um, uh. Jesus, Nev, Lord of Mercy, had, like, said, like, she mm-hmm. wasn't going to do any Scream movies without Wes. And then there was the whole thing yeah. where, like, the directors, like, wrote her a letter. They really heartfelt and, like, kind of won her over. Where it's, like, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with her going back on that word. But I think there's possibility, too, of, like, you know, Kevin Williamson being, like, I obviously he had that relationship with Wes Craven and they made magic mm-hmm. and him being like, I just don't want to do it with somebody else. At least not screen. Like, that's for me and Wes and I want to keep it that way in terms of, like, the writing partnership. And I respect Very that. Fair. So. But for me as a fan, I would pick Kevin because I just think he would do it justice. Well, yeah, if he was writing and directing it and he, it, it wasn't like yeah. kind of betraying that whole mm-hmm. like, I don't want to have a relationship with another director in terms right. of like the scream writer director thing. And it's like, I just have to work with me in that sense. Yeah. Oh, girl. And Kevin Williams said anything, I'll be sad. He gave us the fucking vampire diaries. God bless him. All right. To wrap this up, would you like to just rapid fire go through our rankings of the series? Because I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I know, places I know mine. By I know mine. My hand. I've, I've publicly yeah. announced that my scream ranking is one, four, two, three, six, five. Okay. Anya? Um, mine is one, four, three, two, five, six. One, four, three, two, five, six, baby. Right with you. We have one first. We have I always had the same fucking ranking. Always. I listen, as I said, I only saw Scream Six once. If I see it again, it might same. go higher than five. I don't see it going higher than anything else. No, I don't think that five or six will ever go above any of Cravens, but I also think that like, two was obviously my least favorite of Craven's, specifically because of Jerry O'Connell's fucking cafeteria scene. Um, but it's still better, in my opinion, than five and six. And yeah, I've seen five three times now. I've only seen six once. And I like five more as I watch it. So I'm sure I will like six more with each watch. But as of right now, five just outbeats six for me. Probably because of the killer reveal. But I think what six does better is literally everything else. Like, it builds on characters that you like. Like, Sam, I know, was a big problem for a lot of people in five i think she's significantly better in six 
um whatever yeah. <laughs> i'm not fighting it i agree but both yeah know. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think um, as, as long I said, as it's girl, one and four, we're one good. one and four to start, we're good. Yeah, literally. Um, okay, and and well. five and six are at the bottom. <laughs> yes, correct. As, as it should be. Um, but yeah, so that has been our Scream special. You know, I would say longer than I thought it was going to be, but who the fuck am I kidding? It's the three of us talking about Scream. Like, there was no way it was going to be fucking short or sweet. Um, but thank you all for listening. I want to say... Before we get to anything else, thank you so much, Roberto, for coming back on our podcast. This is now your third time because you were on for the Saw special. No, fourth. Because Saw special, Spiral, Big Screen Scares episode, and Basket Case. And Troll 2. Fifth! Wow. He needs like a a fifth timer's jacket like on SNL. Oh my god, yeah. Um, We'll get a jacket when we get jackets, girl. Um, (laughs) I just want to close out my time on this episode with um, Stan, Emma Roberts, Hayden Panettiere, forever. Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell, mothers. And Mm -hmm. Stream Sick on Peacock. Right there, it is. Um, <laughs> he doesn't personal? add that in. <laughs> anything personal you want to plug? Any or anything creatively, or or you're good? Um, I mean, go out and you follow can say Slutty no. Gar- <laughs> follow Slutty Garage on Instagram. Um, it has been an incredible uh creative outlet for me. It's um, Abby who has been on the podcast before uh, runs it mm-hmm. as the editor in chief. Um, and it's been a really beautiful place for me to um, just work on the things that I don't often get the chance to do otherwise uh, in terms of writing, photography, art. Um, so follow Slutty Garage. If it's accessible to you, purchase one. That's it. Great. Well, Thank you, Roberto, for coming back on. I'm, you there, you'll obviously be back again at some point because you're a five-timer. So, you know, grandfathered the The next Saw movie? Um, oh, my God. Obviously. You know you'll be on. Obviously. Nobody else can come on, girl, other than you. <laughs> Please. Um, but uh, to our audience, as we already said at the end of our Puppet Master episode, thank you so much for staying with us for another season. This is obviously the season three Ender special. And right around the corner will be the start of season four, which we are starting with a new franchise, different from yeah. Sleepaway Camp. That's all we will say, but it's going to be so fun. You're going to fucking love it. Um, and, you know, God God hoping that Stu Mocker shows up in Scream 7. God bless. Amen. Um, <laughs> Alex, anything you want to, do you want to say? No, just God bless Matthew Lillard. I love you with all my heart. I know. And on that note, as always, uh, keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.